The podcast that you're about to hear contains acts of sex and violence. The hosts do not claim to be experts on the subjects that they present. Listener discretion is advised. And welcome back to Back to Brutal Nation. The podcast series is dedicated to lesser-known serial killers and acts of true crime. I'm your host, Scott Alexander. Right across from me is the one and the only, the turkey-stuffed Sasquatch herself, Tammy Underwood. Say hi, Tam. I can't see you. Hi. <laughs> oh, because we, we got these goddamn brand new shields in. I hate it. And they're huge. And huge. they're way bigger than what we had thought that they were. Way bigger. So we're just going to have to kind of work with that and some new gear today. So hopefully we don't fuck this up too bad. That's what I'm hoping. I know, because I'm like doing the dodge and weave here and I still can't see you. <laughs> I'm in hiding. <laughs> Isn't that supposed to be me? <laughs> well, I will tell you that this new interface though, your signal is coming in fucking awesome. Is it? Yeah, it is. So we hope that you guys had yourselves a great Thanksgiving. Gobble, gobble. <laughs> I bet you were gobbling. <laughs> out there whoring around. Hey! What? Hey! What? How many times I gotta tell you I'm not a whore? Okay. Although, I did text my friends like a week ago because they asked us if we'd come over. Because ours is actually on Saturday. But, oh, that's right. Yeah. So I text my friends after they asked us to come over. And I said, look, are you going to have my sweet potato pie like you had last year? You know? Because unless I make it myself, I usually don't get it. <laughs> Shut up, Scott. <laughs> and so she texts me yesterday. She goes, I want you to know that we got your sweet potato pie. I'm like, oh, yes. <laughs> so, yeah, maybe I am a whore. <laughs> a pie whore. <laughs> Oh, that's me. I'm a total whore for like things like chicken fried steak. Um, so you remember um, Andrew? Yeah, 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 yeah. So I was talking to him today, and because uh, him and his girlfriend just finally moved in together here in Vancouver. Oh, really? Yeah, and he was. You know, we're just hiding back and forth. And apparently, she likes to cook and bake, and she's like Mexican. And first thing I asked him was, "Does she have a sister?" And he goes, "Well, not what you'd be interested in. She's like 18 years old and a lesbian." It's, Hmm. Did you say, hmm, not by far off my to-do list? <laughs> yeah, no, that's, that's right up there. I, I could do that. Cause, and, and here's the thing, and I, I know this about myself. Like, the key to my heart, like, a chick could be gorgeous. Okay, Drew Barrymore could come out wearing lingerie going, don't I look sexy? I'd be like, mm, can you cook? No, you don't really cook. You know, that's, we can have sex, but yeah, no, you're not a keeper. It's, it's cooking. It's food. I fucking love food. That's why I'm fat. Yeah, there there had to be a reason. Always a reason. I am very, very food-centric. All right, so what do you got for me today? I have Richard Angelo. See, that's another name that sounds very exotic and like it's a yeah, okay. it's a porn name. Hello, my name is Richard Angelo. And you're like, oh, yes, you are. <laughs> He's from West Islip, New York. Is that exotic enough for you? Oh, it's from New York. All right. So here's what we're going to fucking do. You're going to go over here and you're going to like take a left on 35th Street. <laughs> you listening? Fuck I'm up. listening. Jesus Christ. You're crazy. I still am not liking this setup at all. <laughs> I'm just saying. We'll fix it after the episode. Okay, Jesus thank you. Because I'm like looking going, I don't know if I can do this. Um, I like eye contact. <laughs> I kind of like not having to look at your Sasquatchiness. I like having eye contact when we do. do I it. could be over here when we do it. My ass, 
grabbing my nipples, electrocuting my nuts. You don't know. I could be doing some weird shit over here. Yeah, but I like to have eye contact when we're doing it. I'm just Great. saying. Thank I'm like one the of them fuck- eye contact kind of people. That is fucking disturbing considering that I've been hitting on your mom. But okay. I, yeah, that's very disturbing. That the, right there. Uh, so uh, tell me more about Richard here. Anyways, by the time Richard is done, I'm done presenting Richard, you are actually going to get sick and tired of two new medications. Oh, no. God <laughs> damn it. Why is everybody going to ruin everything for me? <laughs> everybody ruins it. Is he, is he just a basic bitch? Is he just fucking using the typical shit that we've heard about a thousand no, times? No, not typical shit we've heard about a thousand times. No. Okay. Fair enough. But shit we've heard about a lot recently. <sighs> um, anyways, Fuck my life. That one's actually not bad. Um, Richard Angelo actually began working at the Good Samaritan Hospital, which is located on Long Island, New York. Long Island, New York? Yeah, he was only 26 years old when he started working there. When he, since he was a volunteer fireman and a formal Eagle Scout, people thought it was only fitting. You know, this man who was, was known to do good things for people was working at a place where, good, where he could do good. Uh, what they didn't know was that Richard was no angel. He had a desire to be seen as a hero. Ah, uh, not another one of those. Jesus fucking Christ. Yeah, kind of a little bit. Why? Here's the thing, boys and girls who are in the medical field. You don't have to portray yourself as a fucking hero. You already are. I know. Like, people already think you're one. Yeah, for real, man. Like, I've been taken to the hospital more than once in an ambulance. And do you think I think that the ambulance driver himself or the cops or anybody else is a hero? No. Especially nurses. They are. Nurses, I'm looking at you bitches going, you're my fucking hero. Because, yeah, the doctor's going to come in and talk to me for like three seconds, but you're the one who's taking care of my ass. You are like my fucking superhero. You don't have to pretend to be one or fucking kill people off trying to, you know. Uh, just anyway, go on. Go on. I'm just fucking pissed now. Should I just Fuck go on with my story? Go on with your fucking story. Instead of just having them look good in a uniform, they already are good. Oh, they are so good. There's nothing hotter than a chick in a nurse's uniform with a rubber glove on. She has to give me an exam. (laughs) Oh, yes. No lube, baby. Mr. Alexander, I'm here for your prostate. (laughs) Oh, I will bend over right fucking now. You have no idea. Come on. Don't don't be a coward. Get four fingers up there. (laughs) And the ring. And the ring. And the ring. You got to get that that Super Bowl looking ring up there. Get it up there. That's right. (laughs) So anyways, Richard Angelo was born on August 29th, 1962. And his parents were Joseph and Alice Angelo from West Islip, New York. Now, Richard was actually an only child. And the educate that these educators would have, they were both employed in the education industry. Uh, Joseph was a guidance counselor at the high school where Alice, Alice was teaching home economics. Oh, okay. I know. You know, she I got remember, a little bake on. I remember uh, when I was in high school, there still were home ec classes. I know, me too. And it was a it was a three part class. Uh, I think it was like um, it was cooking, uh, budgeting. And something, or uh, sewing. Okay. And believe it or not, I loved those classes. I believe you. That's really what got me into cooking because, you know, learned some basic shit. And I'm like, hey, I actually like this because, you know, I like to eat. So, but, yeah. We well, because I remember when I was in high school, yeah, it was part of a um, 
home economics was part of where we learned our personal finance. So when I right. came back out to Oregon, they had me take a personal finance course. I'm like, no, dude, I already did this. They're like, no, you didn't. I'm like, uh, yeah, I did. And I broke it down for them. They go, no, because that was a home ec course. I said, because that's where you learned to personal finance is no home economics. No shit. That's fucking stupid as shit. Okay. But yeah, I was mad. Continue. Anyways. While I'm over here rubbing myself down with butter. Oh my God. For the most part, though, Richard's childhood, Richard's childhood was rather unremarkable, especially when it compares to others we have featured on our program and others I will feature this week. Um, his parents were middle class. They treated him well, and he was well liked by his peer, by others, his peers, um, which I mean, come on, how unremarkable can you be? Um, this might be where he fell into problems, though. Richard actually attended St. John the Baptist Catholic High School. Oh, that'll do it. <laughs> that'll do it right there, ma'am, because, you know, I was raised Southern Baptist. And well, it, this is Catholic. Oh, St. John the Baptist Catholic High School. Oh, Catholic. There's the other problem. He was probably molested. Yeah. I'm, see, that's what I was waiting for you. Oh, yeah. There's a Catholic, yeah. He went to a Catholic school, man. There is some molestation. I don't care what they say. There's... No, Scott, not all preschoolers, kids. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure they don't. But you know what? Not everybody's Mickey Mouse, so. <laughs> and you're neither. <laughs> I'm neither a child molester, nor am I a Mickey Mouse. Neither. And I'm thinking, no, you're neither a priest, nor are you Mickey Mouse. <laughs> well, I mean, I could role play that, but this depends what girl I'm with. Do you have the collar and everything? <laughs> oh, yes, I do. Oh, my God. And I have the, uh, the, the skin flute of heaven. Oh, my God. The golden flute of love. Anyways, he graduated from there in 1980. From there, he went on to attend State University of Stony Brook, and he was only enrolled there for two years before he was accepted into a nursing program. And the nursing program was at State University at Farmingdale, and it would take two years to complete that program. Uh, Richard's classmates and professors remember him as being the quiet type who mostly kept to himself. But despite that, he, had, he did exceptionally well academically, especially since he managed to make the dean's list every semester he was there. And he graduated in um, 1985 with remarkable grades. Um, from there, right out of college, Richard was hired to work for the Nassau County Medical Center located in East Meadow. Oh my gosh, I, I like typed this up really fast last night. He was reg a registered nurse on their burn unit. Um, he only remained there for approximately one year before taking another position working in Amityville, Long Island at Brunswick Hospital. By the Amityville Horror. You know, I was thinking that too. <laughs> I don't know exactly how long Richard was employed there, but when his parents moved to Florida, he went with them. No, not Jacksonville. He only stayed, I'm telling you, I'm, I really screwed up typing this one. He only stayed in Florida for three months before he, he returned back to Long Island alone, and he got a job working at the Good Samaritan Hospital. Can I tell you why? Why did he return to floor, home alone? I can tell you exactly why he ran. He went up to Jacksonville. Down. Oh, I don't know where the fuck he went in Florida. So any his. Well, no, down to Jacksonville because he was in New York. Well, no, he's living in there. He's living uh, oh. in, in Florida, and he goes over to Jacksonville. And 
He's, you know, having some fun, and then a tree was talking some mad shit. He threw some punches, and then the police tased him. <laughs> because he had a shirt on. He had his shirt on. That's they said, no, no. Right they said, no, no, look right here. Look right here. It says, no, no. You take your shirt off. He's like, no, man, it's like a little breezy. My nipples are hard. And then they tased him. Yeah. And he said, I'm out of here. Fuck all of you people. Yeah. Adios, bitch nachos. That's right. Adios, bitch nachos. I'm out. I'm going back okay. to New York. Okay. Anyways, when Richard first went to work at the new hospital, his colleagues found him to be a well-trained nurse and highly competent in his duties. He was working in the ICU on the night shift, which can sometimes be highly stressful. Um, Therefore, his calm demeanor was somewhat helpful. It didn't take him long to gain the trust of the doctors in the unit or the other hospital staff he worked with. However, it wouldn't be long before his trust from others wouldn't be enough for Richard. Well, his trust was based on because he was telling the story about fighting trees with his shirt on and getting tased by the cops. And nobody believes that. Yeah, and everybody's like, no, they didn't. Really? Yeah, you know what? I would have kept my shirt on, too, because you never know. That palm tree could have, like, thrown a, a sharp palm leaf at you or something. A right hook. A right hook. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you need to be protected. They're, they're sharpies. That's what I was thinking. But the cop said, that's a no-no. 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 No. No. says right here. Not no, same, no. same. No-no. Not same, same. That's a no-no. Not same, same. <laughs> I hate you. What if I wear a wife, Peter C? No, that's not same same either. <laughs> no, a, no. <laughs> that's a that's a no no. You know, you, you, you have to have a wife beater if you live in a trailer. <laughs> but need one of those in your back pocket, eh? <laughs> <laughs> that's right, put one of those in your back pocket. <laughs> but don't put your ice cream there. <laughs> That's right. Can't uh, put your ice cream in your back pocket in the state of Georgia on a Sunday <laughs> when you're beating your wife on the courthouse steps. Yeah, well, throughout his life, Richard didn't have to work very hard to achieve a certain level of praise from those around him, a level he had grown very accustomed to. Therefore, when he quit receiving the praise he desired in his life, he had to come up with some sort of plan to get it back. The brilliant idea he came up with was to inject the patients at the hospital with drugs. Um, the drugs that would take the patients to the brink of death. Once this happened, Richard would swoop into the room and heroically save them. His efforts would leave an impression on the doctors, his colleagues, and even some of the patients. You know the ones he saved? What year was this anyway? Um, un momento, late 90s. Okay. I mean, late I'm, 80s. Excuse okay. me. I'm just I'm trying to get the, the timeline yeah. right in my head. Yeah. He graduated in 85 from, from university. So, um, you know, so when he, yeah, so especially the patients, you know, who he saved, they, like, couldn't wait to sing his praises. However, for some, this plan of his fell short, especially when it came to the patients that wound up dying, the ones who received one of Richard's injections, but he wasn't able to intervene in time to, quote, save their life. Um, Since Richard's shift was from the 11 p.m. to 7 a.m. That's a fucking shock. I mean, there's his basicness right there, right? Yeah, that's a, I'm just, I'm so fucking shocked he would pick Well, we just talked about it in that special episode we did this last week, that um, if you're going to do it, do it out in the middle of everybody. Right. (laughs) During the day shift, damn it. God damn right, man. Come um, on, step it up a little bit, you yeah. assholes. It was the perfect time for him to work through his feelings of inadequacy. In the entire time that Richard was employed with the Good Samaritan, there were 37 Code Blue emergencies on the night shift. I know Code Blue is bad. Yes. Of the 37 Code Blue incidents, only 12 survived. 
Yeah, that's less than 50%, Scott. Dude, Richard, you fucking suck. Yeah. So even before Richard's jig was up, he wasn't very good at keeping his patients alive. However, he didn't let that stop him from continuing to give the deadly injections. Each injection had a combination of pavlovin, which we just saw recently. Yep. And and anectine, which is the brand name for succinylcholine. Oh, never mind. I was going to say, I haven't heard of that one, but yeah, we've heard of succinylcholine. Yeah. When Richard went in to give the injections to the patients, he would tell them he was just giving them, quote, something which would make them feel better. Um, as, <laughs> I've yeah, used that right? line before. Huh? I've used that line before. You have or haven't? Oh, I have. I and believe I'm, you have. I'm going to use that on your mom, too. No, you're not. Come here, baby. I'm going to give you something to make you feel better. And then she's going to be like, no, no. No, she's going to be like, yeah, that's save, save. <laughs> that is save, save. No, she's going to be like, no, no, nay, nay. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you keep talking. I'm going to try to get you a set of headphones set up and feed those over to you, which I plan to do before I uh Why, you think I need headphones? Yeah, it would help you here because I'm wearing mine. Oh, yeah. Same, same. Same, same. So, let's see, blah, 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 where was, oh, as we know from the past few medical presentations we have done, it didn't take long for the effects of the medication to kick in. Within minutes of getting the deadly drugs, Richard, Richard's patients would start to feel a numbing sensation. Then their breathing would get constricted and they would lose their ability to communicate. Um, if they weren't given immediate attention, they would suffer a major heart attack Stop rubbing your nipples. At that point, few others... Don't do that again. (laughs) At that point, few others would survive at all. Attention was drawn to Richard on October 11th, 1987. Yeah, late 70s. Late 80s. When... I can't even pronounce his name. Gerolamo? G-E-R-O-L-A-M-O. Kuchik. Wow. <laughs> Jeremiah was a bullfrog. And it sounds like you said his, he has a cooch or something. Gerlamo Kuchik. K-U-C-I-C-H. Anyways, He's got a cooch. Mr. Kuchik mustered enough strength to actually push his call button. He was one of the latest victims who had been given, quote, something to feel better. And one of the other nurses who had responded to the call light actually collected a urine sample. And she had it tested. Um, when the results came back, there were traces of pavlin and anectine present, and there were no records in Kuchik's. There were no indications in Kuchik's record to indicate a doctor had prescribed either one of those medications. So the next day, they actually had the authorities go to Richard's house to search his house and his locker at work, and they found several vials of both medications. That's when he was arrested and the remains of several suspected victims were exhumed. Um, When it came to the test being, to the test getting done on the exhumed bodies, 10 of those would test positive for the deadly cocktail of medications. Um, Which I think is kind of substantial considering, you know, even with what's his name, Saldivar, who had such a high body count, they could only find six. Remember? Yeah, right. Freaking good old salad bar. <laughs> and I never said it. I listened to it again. I don't know where 
Jake did with those. Okay, My so good ones? Yeah. Yeah, I don't know what Jake did with them. Wait till he wakes up and get him. Yeah. So once Richard was in custody, though, he eventually gave a confession of which, of which being interviewed on tape, he said, quote, I wanted to create a situation where I would cause the patient to have some respiratory distress or some problem. And through my intervention or suggested intervention or whatever, come out looking like I knew what I was doing. I had no confidence in myself. I felt very inadequate. As a result of this confession, though, Richard received several charges for second-degree murder. Now, check this out. This I did not know and I found very interesting is during Richard's trials, his lawyers did what they could to prove to prove their client had disassociative identity disorder, DID, which is, of course, you know, multi-personality. personalities. Okay, this is getting bizarre. Yeah. In other words, the attorneys claimed he managed to disassociate himself from the crimes he committed completely. Therefore, he wasn't aware of the risk he had put his patients in. He, in essence, moved in and out of the multiple personalities he had. Oh, bullshit. None of his personalities were aware of what the other had done. Therefore, he should not be held accountable for what another personality had done to a patient. Okay? Okay, well, you know what? I say send that uh, send them all to prison, and then they can all figure it out. Yeah, right. They all can the hash it out there. That's right. That's, yeah. that's that should be their thing there. Yeah. So his attorneys actually tried to prove this in an unorthodox way. Are you ready? Oh, go for yeah, it. Yeah, they wanted to introduce the results of his polygraph exams. They claimed that he was able to pass them while he was being asked questions about the murdered patients because he wasn't aware of what another personality had done. Oh. However. They didn't plan on the law working both ways, apparently, because polygraphs exams aren't admissible in court to prove a suspect guilty, and they aren't allowed in court to prove a client's innocence either. (laughs) I know. Isn't that weird? That's actually fucking brilliant. Yeah. So, I mean, this is actually a very short one, short, short one. Um, Richard was actually found guilty on two counts of Second-degree murder, one count of second-degree manslaughter, one count of criminally negligent homicide, and six counts of assault. Um, The sentence he received for all of this was 61 to life in the penitentiary. Oh, okay. Yeah. Like I said, this was a very short episode because I had to come up with him on the fly. Um. But I do, I did come up with these questions on my way over here this morning. Ooh, ask away. Shut up. So with this one, I think it's kind of obvious, but what do you think? Oh, nature, 100%. You think nature? Yeah, man. The dude had everything in the world handed to him, you know, and I'm not saying like he was, he probably was a little spoiled, but you know, um, his parents did the best that they could. They're they're not out there beating the shit out of him. They're not, you know, neglecting him and being fucking assholes. And they were, they were middle class, so it's not like they struggled. Oh, so you're saying that, that, that poor people are abusive is what you're saying. You abuse me. Oh, my God. I am not poor, and I'm not abusive. Not poor anymore, and you are so. I, how am I abusive? You are very emotionally abusive to me. Oh, explain how, please. I just have to say one, two words. Okay. Your mom. What about my mom? No, my mom. How is that abusive? I'm just trying to show your mom a good time. Abusive to me. Oh, my! that's because you don't want your mom to be happy. 
No, that's not it. You don't want me to rub her down with oil and rub her butt. That is exactly it. <laughs> well, she's saying, yeehaw, ride me. Ride me like a stolen mule. You stallion, you. You pot-bellied stallion. <laughs> Disgusting. So, then my next question is, is if he did so well in school and everything, why would he lack confidence? Uh, maybe he just has internal demons. I mean, I have internal demons when it comes to my... Okay, because I use myself as a best guinea pig. I have a lot of confidence issues when it comes to music. True, you do. You know? I don't understand why, but you do. And nobody does understand. I don't even understand why. Yeah. It's just a, one of those bizarre things. So I have a story for you because I just heard my neighbor kid scream. There was a homicide in Vancouver, Washington. Was it recently? Mm, in about 15 minutes. <laughs> and I heard that hypothetically somebody went next door and stabbed those little assholes <laughs> right in their fucking heads. <laughs> and then burned their house down. Oh, no. <laughs> You had me going for just a split second. When you said there was a homicide in, in I'm like, really? Where? I so hate the fucking neighbors. I swear, I hate them more every fucking day. I know every you do. fucking day. I know you do. <laughs> Fuck, I hate them. You know, which kind of, because the friend's house that we went over to yesterday, they actually live right down the road from where I used to live in town. And I'm like, I'm so glad I don't live out here anymore. <laughs> Because <laughs> it's right next to Pacific University, and it's like, oh. oh, my God, having to listen to them with their fucking leaf-blowing lawnmowers every morning at butt crack of dawn. Yeah, that's that's <laughs> why I'm I'm shopping for a house in a uh, very different part of town. Really? You're going to actually stay in the Vancouver area? Oh, yeah. No, I, I, I like Vancouver. Oh. I like Vancouver a lot, and it saves me on taxes. Oh, okay. Because we don't have a state income tax. No, but don't you have to pay state income since you work down in Oregon? I, I, no. Oh. No, no. The only time I have to pay income any taxes to Oregon is when um, the com- my, my company uh-huh. does work in Oregon. Mm. Then you have to pay a, a tax. But uh, outside of that, no. Oh, your, um, your truck- music company. Uh-huh. Okay. The trucking gig? Nope, because I uh, am classified as an over-the-road driver. Oh, well, look at you go. Goddamn right, man. That saves me a shit ton of money. Look at you. Look at you. What a way to beat the system. God dang right, man. I'm not about tax evasion, but I am about tax avoidance. <laughs> I won't evade. I will just avoid. <laughs> I avoid paying. as uh, I, have, I, I, I try to pay as little tax as I possibly can. Doesn't everybody, though? Nah, if you don't, then you fucking should. Oh, well, there you go. Because I look at the politicians and they don't deserve what they're making. Like seriously, they're supposed to be working for us, right? They're like uh, they're 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 yeah. employed by the people. And if I had employees like that, I would have fired those motherfuckers. No and done recommendation. A complete company overhaul. Oh shit! Yeah, I would have been going through. Again, guess what? Most of you aren't going to make it, and I'm going to start with you. Why? Because you're a piece of shit. Here's your last paycheck. Get the fuck out. <laughs> but what about my family? I don't fucking care. You're bad at your job. You're, you're not, not going to mention any names. <laughs> you're, you're not just bad at your job, Nancy Pelosi. Um, That's you, where I was going. <laughs> <laughs> you're not just bad at your job. You're fucking, you're, you're not even qualified to really even breathe air. So please drink some bleach and die. <laughs> we got some pavlin and saxophone. for Oh, you. my God. Where 
Where the hell are your Saldivar and uh, Angelos right now? I know. Oh <laughs> fuck yeah! You know what? And 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 Plosley's at that age too. A little bit of Colin. A little bit of Colin would be perfect. Oh, a little bit of Colin, yeah. yeah. Oh my God, he would be my hero. Or even Harvey with the catheter, the coat ring and the oh, catheter. Oh yes, oh yes. <laughs> are we? Oh my God, we are so going to hell. Yeah. <laughs> This isn't even a political show. I'm just, I'm looking at the economy and I'm looking at what I just had to spend to put gas in my fucking truck. Yeah. God damn, makes my asshole pucker. Yeah. Hey, you know what? I actually only put like, filled the tank on my son's rig the other day and it only cost like 50 bucks. Normally it costs almost 100. Um, but then I, I had a huge discount at Freddy's, so. I had over a half a tank of fuel left and I put fuel in there and it was 68. 68, not 69? Close. I tried to get it to sixty nine. Didn't work. Couldn't well, get it into that reverse position, could you? I was rubbing my nipples thinking about your mom, but no sixty nine. Fucking disgusting. <laughs> okay, so you yeah. have another question? No, I'm done. Oh, fine. All right. Remember, you can send us an email at brutalnation at twistedbluellc.com. Check us out on Medium. Crime Beat that's on Medium. And, you know, check us out on other blog pl- platforms, too, because we, we get picked up by for further distribution on all kinds of stuff. Um, well, this is pretty long. Um, not tooting our own horns, but we do fucking pretty well at that. I know, because I'm good. You're all right. For, <laughs> you're all right for us to ask questions. <laughs> check out the website at www.twistedbluellc.com. And since it's Black Friday season... And Amazon's having a shit ton ton of Black Friday sales. Click on that Amazon link. It helps out the show. Does it cost you anything extra? And uh, check out our Patreon as well. Anything else that I forgot, Dad? I don't think so. I didn't think I forgot anything. I don't think so. Maybe. I don't know. All right. This show's copyright 2021 by Twisted Blue LLC. All rights reserved. My nipples are hard, and we'll talk to you later. Bye-bye. Disgusting. You gonna say bye? Bye. God, how fucking rude are you to our listeners? <laughs> no, I was thinking that was gross, and I couldn't stop myself from getting grossed out over there, like ignoring our listeners and everything. Jesus Carry on. Christ! Bye. Bye, everybody.